Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, the days are counting down into the holidays. We're already into Hanukkah. Christmas is just a couple weeks away. My daughter's at university saying, hey, dad, come pick me up next week. It's like really starting to feel real right now. And... I've been going through my Borg Advent calendar, which is really fun. So welcome everyone to Positively Trek. I'm Bruce Gibson, and here is the great Dan Gunther. Dan, how are you this morning? Hey, Bruce. Not too bad. So my Borg Advent calendar shipped yesterday, which as we're recording is December the 3rd. So I don't know what they exactly think an Advent calendar is for, but uh, I ordered it quite a while ago. And, um, yeah, I guess I don't know when I'll get it, but. Oh, well, that's interesting because, yeah, you ordered it months ago, Mm -hmm. at least two months ago, because you ordered it before I ordered mine. Yeah, well, that order got canceled because I wasn't allowed to order it at that time or something. So I ordered it again like three or four weeks ago, and uh, they've now shipped it. So Wow. Okay. Well. Then I don't know if I'm going to want to do this unless you say it's okay, but I was going to show you what I've got so far in the okay. calendar. Well, we're the we're we're 3 days in, right? So We're actually day 4 today. Oh, that's I was right. going to yeah. reveal 4 with you. I was going to open it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let, let's do it. To, you want me to Okay, so here I'll just show you on day 1 I opened it because I didn't look at, you know, if you look at the bottom of the box, it shows you everything you get on each day. And I didn't want to know. So (laughs) I hit that. So I have no idea what I'm getting. It's a surprise every day. So day one is Star Trek playing cards. It's got a picture of, uh, you know, the TOS gang on there. I haven't opened the deck of cards yet. It's still wrapped. Okay. That's cool. I I haven't opened anything that's in the little package. Day two is a pin of... Admiral James T. Kirk. Oh, right on. Very cool. It's a little pen. These are all from Eagle Moss Hero Collection. And so far, this one's my favorite. And I'll tell you why here in a second. But this is a bottle stopper, like for a wine bottle and stuff. And it has Cork's Bar Ooh. on top. Isn't oh, that that's cool? neat. Very, very cool. I really got excited when I got this one because I just recently, for my birthday in October got a Quark's Bar glass. Oh, nice. I was like, oh, now I have the bottle stopper and a glass for Quark's Bar. You know, it's it's honestly, it's just a very surreptitious way of Quark to open up a franchise in Atlanta, I think. He's just very slowly going to turn your home into a Quark's. Yeah, probably. I mean, he is expanding. I've seen it in the new Star Trek stuff. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) yep. So now I'm interested in this one. This is day four today, and it's this big, flat envelope, just very square, like a board cube. And let's see if I can get this open. Okay, so Bruce is is opening it. It's it's like a square, flat envelope. It's a very flat piece here. It's fairly large. Okay, so what... Oh my gosh, I can't even read it with this lighting. Vashti? 
Oh, oh, one of the the travel poster type things for Vashti from Star Trek Picard. Very cool. That is so cool. Look at that. Yeah, it says uh, come explore at the very top. Mm. So, yeah, that's cool. I had no idea. I was not expecting that. Yeah. And on the bottom, it says Star Trek Picard, too. So, yeah, pretty cool little stuff in there. So, yeah, every day <laughs> it's been kind of fun. I get up in the mornings and I'm like getting ready for the day. And I have the board cube sitting in my walk-in closet. So that's where I go to get dressed and everything. And I just, I look down, I go, oh, I can open one right now. And I get excited. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting mine again. Not sure when it's going to show up. But Nikki and I have been opening her Star Wars Lego advent calendar, which I got for her. So uh, that's been fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I want that. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. So, okay. But what else uh, before we get into the show here? Because we are going to be reviewing the episode three of Star Trek Discovery from season four. And it's called Choose to Live. And we're going to get into that here in a moment. But before we do, just got a couple of little news items we want to touch on. And that is that Star Trek Prodigy, that first episode that we got, is going to premiere December 17th on Nickelodeon. So if for whatever reason you're in the States and you don't subscribe to Paramount Plus and you have cable, you can watch Star Trek Prodigy, at least the first episodes, part one and two, that pilot, on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. This is pretty cool, of course. Prodigy produced by Nickelodeon Studios. We had heard that it was going to air on Nickelodeon. And uh, eventually, sometime after it does on Paramount+. Plus. And yeah, we're finally getting the date for the premiere. Now, as you kind of said, it's it does seem to be just the first episode. And it doesn't look like it's a true launch of the series on Nickelodeon yet. But uh, as soon as we know when that'll happen, we'll, of course, bring that news to you. But yeah, as of this time, it looks to only be the Lost and Found pilot episode, not a full series arrival on cable there for you. Yeah, and I don't see in what I'm looking at here what time it premieres. I'm just assuming it's in the evenings. So uh, yeah, just look at your local listings for the time it starts. But it definitely is on December 17th on Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to being broadcast on Nickelodeon, the show's premiere apparently is also available right now to watch on Nickelodeon's website and on YouTube through Nickelodeon Cartoon Universe, which I am not subscribed to, so I've not checked that out. I don't know what that looks like and, and how to watch it there, but it, it's apparently available there now. And, you know, speaking of premieres and series and where they are and stuff, The Center Seat, okay, that documentary mm -hmm. that I've been watching. So the first four episodes had aired on History Channel, and they were always airing Friday evenings. Well, last night, we're recording on a Saturday right now, but last night I tuned in to watch the fifth episode, and it wasn't there. It was a documentary about Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, Bigfoot? I remember Bigfoot in The Six Million Dollar Man. Back in the 70s, I don't remember Bigfoot in Star Trek, so this can't be the center seat. And I realized, oh, that's the time we've gone to the History Channel vault. <laughs> yep, yep. The last six of the 10 episodes uh, are apparently available exclusively on the History Channel vault. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gone into the vault yet. I'm planning to. It was getting late last night, so I decided not to do it. But I looked at IMDb, and they were all those six episodes were listed with an early November date. So I don't know if that means that all those remaining six episodes are already in the vault and have been in the vault, but I haven't gone in yet to verify that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. So I'll check it out. Uh, probably before the, our next recording. And if I remember, I'll let you guys know if, if all the episodes there are not. Because, you know, you can also do a free trial. They offer a one-week free trial, and you could blast through them. And, you know, they're hoping you'll keep the service. But, you know, if you don't, then you didn't pay for it. You got to see the episodes. But hopefully you'll go in there and find some other stuff, and you'll keep the service and keep History Channel happy. So <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, because right now uh, the first three episodes so far are on Crave. Uh, I haven't watched the third one yet, but I did see episode two, the animated series one. Very good episode. That was great. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure what the plan is for the, the six final episodes of that. If they'll show up on CTV Sci-Fi or Crave here in Canada, or because the History Channel Vault, there is a Canadian version that is uh, that has been running for quite a while as well. So they might be exclusive to that service here as well. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. So that we just have to keep like watching for these things and keep keep our eyes on stuff as to where things are going to premiere and where they're going to show up, and everybody, even internationally understands that whole predicament so <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> so now dan you are going to buy this mirror universe spock right <laughs> i don't currently have plans to buy this so so exo6 who makes the really high-end one-sixth scale action figures has made their latest announcement after having uh, announced picard data Captain Janeway and the Doctor and the Borg Queen at one point. Apparently, they're also making a Mirror Universe Spock. Uh, so this is really impressive. I'll have a link to the story in the show notes. Very beautiful. I've still never gotten one of these figures. This might be a really interesting one to pick up, though, if uh, if you're looking to just get maybe one or two of these. This one looks pretty neat with all of the Mirror Universe accessories, Spock's uniform, and of course his goateed face. You know, it's it's a pretty iconic version of Spock. Yeah, because when I look at the Trekcore article, as soon as I bring it up, there's a fairly big photo of him at the top of the page. And my first thought was that was an actual photo mm -hmm. of Leonard Nimoy as Spock. And then I realized, oh, no, wait. That's the actual figurine. <laughs> you know, yeah. it looks that good. Yeah, they do really impressive work. They're sculptors and painters uh, working on these. And yeah, this is probably the most gorgeous one I've seen of these. And that's saying something because they've put out some really good ones so far. Yeah, and you can change out his hands, put him in all kinds of little positions and stuff. So it talks about his uniform and his boots. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like there's a lot of attention to detail here. Yeah, definitely. That uniform looks perfect. Like, it's hard in a, a smaller scale, right, to make something look full size. But, like, they did an excellent job here. Yeah. How much is it? Well, okay, so normally they're uh, about 180-something U.S. Uh, this one they're saying is going to have a slight price increase 
partially because it's a much more complex figure than they've done before. Uh, but also there's apparently been some recent difficulties with shipping, manufacturing and other pandemic related problems. So uh, a lot of industries, uh, the, the place where I work, for example, we're definitely seeing some supply chain issues happening, which is a little scary. You know, that's that's a fragile part of our, our day to day life in North America, especially that uh, that's a little scary. But, yeah, the global supply chain there's some impact from the COVID-19 pandemic still happening. And uh, also with some other stuff, weather related stuff in our part of the world, but uh, yeah, COVID-19 has been hard on the supply chain. I noticed uh, some supply chain issues back in November, like going to the grocery stores, there'd be certain things I would typically get that just wouldn't be there. And I'm like, how could they not have this? They always have this. I'm seeing less of that now, but I'm wondering if I'll start to see more of it again, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to see more of it here where I am mostly because of uh, our, our neighboring province, British Columbia has been really suffering with uh, very terrible weather, huge uh, landslides and basically all of the transportation routes between Alberta where I live and British Columbia have been wiped out. So um, highways destroyed and they have rail moving again across, but most products go by truck. So yeah, that's being felt a little bit right now. Yeah. I wasn't even aware of all that. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe your Borg cube will show up in time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If that's my biggest worry right now, I guess I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) You know, we still have food on the shelves, so that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, whenever your board cube arrives, you know, whatever day that is, you can open up all the stuff that you're behind on all at once or just pace it out and do like two a day. Like you opened up day one and 15 at the same time, two and 16, you know, something weird like that. Or I don't know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, just, Make something fun of it. But yeah, anybody who hasn't ordered those Borg cubes, go online. Eagle Moss is still selling them. And I mean, yeah, it's late, but hey, it's better late than never. I mean, it's just fun just to open up the little things and take out. Oh, by the way, they have little cards in there. Like, oh, I didn't even look. Hold on. Because usually there's like a little card in the packaging that tells you about what you just got. And oh, yeah, there is one for this one I opened up today. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I keep turning it over and over. Okay. Always an intriguing place to visit. The planet Vashti was chosen as a relocation world for the Romulans when their sun was about to go Nova. In the year 2399, Jean-Luc Picard made a return visit here and renewed his friendship with Elnor, a young Kualakal warrior. I never remember how to say all that. Kalankai. Kalakai warrior. Oh, yeah, it is an eye at the end. <laughs> I need my reading glasses on. So, anyway, pretty cool. So, yeah, let's go into this episode of Discovery and just start digging into that. But before we do that, here is a brief message, and we'll be right back. Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters for helping us to bring you this episode of Positively Trek. We truly could not do it without your support. To join the ranks of our Patreon supporters, such as Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, Jim Stoffel, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, Paul D. Kinnear, and John Blaber, please go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. You can join at any level to receive perks such as early access to episodes and exclusive bonus content. And at higher levels, there are shoutouts and associations 
associate producer credits, and much more. Thank you once again for your support of Positively Trek. And now, let's get back to the show. I presume Grey remains in limbo. It could last indefinitely. I think the uncertainty might be the hardest part for them. It's a challenging time for us all. Of late, I'm often reminded of a Kelpian adage. It is difficult to ride two veil beasts with only one set of buttocks. <laughs> Try riding three of them. You are doing a tremendous job, Doctor. So, Dan, when did you watch Choose to Live? How fresh is it in your mind? Um, well, we're recording this on Saturday and the episode comes out on Friday uh, for us here. So I, I watched it yesterday on Friday. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if for some reason you got up early this morning because you didn't get a chance yesterday to watch it. I watched it Thursday morning and and then I watched it Thursday evening with my wife. She didn't see episode two. So Thursday evening, we watched episode two followed by three together. So I had a double whammy that night. Uh, oh, that sounds bad. Um, but anyway, and then I watched it a third time briefly this morning. Just kind of fast forward through it just to kind of refresh my mind on some stuff. So anyway. Oh, wow. U- <laughs> yeah, I've seen it three times now. But the USS Credence is on this mission to get this dilithium shipment to this planet because, you know, everyone's low on dilithium because of the burn and all that. So, you know, that ship, let's talk about that ship. I don't like that little flat part on the saucer section. It just, that just doesn't work for me because I know you don't have air in space, but anything that's just like flat going forward just doesn't look right to me. I like things curved. Hmm. I don't know if you had any thoughts about that ship. Yeah, I can't, I don't really remember exactly what it looked like, um, but like flat, do you mean like the saucer section or? Yeah, like the front part of the saucer section looks like it was just like cut off. So it's flat on the front, but the rest is round. I mean, the rest of the ship I thought looks great. I just don't like that flat part. That Hmm. just stood out to me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that exactly, but I'll take your word for it that, that it's bad. Um, The, uh. The one thing that I noticed, though, is the registry number of the USS Credence. It's apparently NCC-2804. That seems very low, but that's the one thing I noticed. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even notice that. I wonder why it is so low. That's interesting. It's a very old ship, if... uh... (laughs) If that's the case, I guess. No bloody A, B, C, or D? Not that uh, I, I double checked on Memory Alpha. They they're not showing that either. So yeah. Well, maybe they had to start the numbers all over again. They were running out of numbers all these years later. <laughs> well, then Starfleet does not understand how numbers work. <laughs> <laughs> we're already up to ten digits. <laughs> how many ships have we gone through? My goodness, people. <laughs> Okay, so Commander Fickett is on there, and we have uh, Kwap Malat come on and, you know, all start fighting and stuff. And there's something that occurred to me about this commander. He doesn't seem very Starfleet to me, because as soon as they Hmm. arrive, they haven't killed anybody. They just kind of push those other officers out of the way, kind of knock them out. And he immediately goes to fighting the Kwap Malat instead of... I thought, you know, like somebody like Picard or Janeway or Cisco, who are any captain would be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is it you want? What, why are you here? You know, he never questions. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm going to fight you. 
And I was like, well, you know, Starfleet really hasn't been up to its top shape recently, so maybe he's not well-trained. But I thought he wasn't as diplomatic as we've seen other captains who try to reason and talk and try to de-escalate things. Instead, of, he's just escalating things by continuing to fight them. Yeah, I wondered about that as well. But of course, later we learned this was like, did they say the third or the fourth such attack? Right. So I wonder if like they were on guard to, you know, expect something like that, maybe. I don't know. And, uh, you know, maybe negotiation didn't work so well in the past either. And they knew who these people were or something or didn't know who they were, but knew that they were just going to attack kind of thing. Well, it brings another thought to my mind because there's a tracking device in the stylithium. In some ways, you'd think that he would just kind of allow them to take it so that they can track to see where they're going, where they've taken the dilithium and track them down as opposed to fighting them, you know? I don't yeah, know. maybe. It's still, there's, it's still very valuable dilithium that is definitely needed by whoever they're, they're delivering it to, though. So you wouldn't yeah. just want somebody to walk away with that. I. I would like some dilithium, but no one's ever given me any because they don't give it to individuals. So anyway, so anyway, so we're also I'm kind of going to jump around all this stuff. But uh, we have the Federation president and uh, the president of Navarre and Admiral Vance and Burnham. They're all discussing about what had happened. And the Quat Malat is also there, and we come to see that Burnham, Michael Burnham's mother, is also there representing them. And I liked getting her back into a storyline like this. I really like Gabrielle. I do too. Uh, I thought, you know, first of all, amazing actress. I really enjoyed her in season two and three, and having her back is great. Also, I think the Quat Milat are probably like my favorite addition to continuity from any of the new star treks and i'm so glad that they're getting used in you know picard and discovery and we get to see them again and again i really really love that bit of lore when it comes to the romulans and and i i just think they're just such a cool addition to the star trek universe i was thinking that exact thing this morning as i was eating my cinnamon cheerios <laughs> so because there's so many times that we go back to the well, you know, oh, we got the Romulans again. Oh, we have the Klingons again. You know, whoever, whatever the thing is, but I like adding something new and something different. No, although technically, you know, these are Romulans and maybe a mix of Vulcans and into it now. But, you know, this is really an interesting aspect of Star Trek that we can really play with a lot. I'm really liking the Quat a lot, too. I mean, they're one of my favorites. I'm glad we got in Picard. And then they've moved it forward into Discovery. And I want to see more of them. I'm not saying I want a whole TV series about them necessarily, but I would like to see more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they just, yeah, I wouldn't want to see them featured like front and center like that, but they're definitely a nice kind of spice to the the melange of Star Trek that we're getting now. You know, they're, they're a nice addition. I like that. Yeah, and I like how Burnham's mother says, you know, we have to take this on. You know, it's the Quatmalat way. We can't just turn this over. It's it's our problem. We we will handle it, but we will partner with, you know, the Federation says let's partner together and all parties agree to this. And the president of the Federation says, Burnham, I want you to go along on this mission with your mother. And, you know, we find out later, and again, I'm jumping around everything, but we find out later that Javini 
is the one that's leading this cause that's trying to get the you know it's been stealing the the dilithium and you know some you know the death of this commander was at her hands and at her sword and we find out later that Gabrielle knows Javini not just because of both Quat Malat, but because when Gabrielle came to the sentry, she was alone and she was lost, and it was Javini that saved her and brought her into the fold. And mm-hmm. so she owes her that. And so she's asking Michael to trust her, you know, just like Michael didn't believe that Spock murdered the people, you know, at Starfleet, that. You know, she's saying, trust me to know that Javini's not just going out there killing people. There's a purpose to this. This is her mission. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that kind of personal connection between Gabrielle and Javini. And like you said, kind of jumping all around the episode, I loved her admission right at the end of the episode that, you know, the reason that she wanted Burnham, Michael Burnham to come along was that she didn't really trust herself to do what had to be done when it came to Javini. She had an emotional blind spot there. And, you know, we, we see the, the kind of hyper competence of the Coat Milot and of Gabrielle Burnham. And to admit that kind of failing on her part or that, that, fear that she could fail on her part. That was a really nice little character turn that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I really enjoyed that too. I, I'm liking the relationship even more and more between the Burnhams, <laughs> even from this episode. So, but what did you think about the whole premise of what Javini was doing? I thought that was a very Star Trek premise, first of all, that of course, you know, she's not just doing this uh, for personal aggrandizement or anything like that. She's, you know, working to save this race, this, this species that of in this massive sleeper ship, I guess. And, you know, the fact that uh, her goals were noble, maybe her means weren't necessarily, but what she was trying to accomplish was, it was a misunderstanding. You know, that's a very Star Trek story. I really, really appreciated that. I thought this whole episode felt very much like a Star Trek story, of course. All episodes are Star (laughs) Trek, right? But I mean, this really, to me, felt like, like, I guess, kind of old school, because in a lot of ways, it feels a little more self-contained than maybe some other episodes, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. But yeah, this whole idea that Javini's trying to save the species that is in this cryostate and that Starfleet is trying to stop her, but then realizes what she's trying to do. So they join with her to do it the right way. There's several speeches occurring in here, which is Star Trek is known for as their speeches, you know. So it really felt really right to me, you know, as I was watching this. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and when they get to this ship, which we find out really is more of a, you know, a planet or a moon, actually, it's more of a moon than a ship. That they has had the species had escaped their home world, which was in destruction. This is the last of their species. I remember Giovanni saying, "Well, they called to me. I felt something. I felt, you know, a disturbance in the force." <laughs> but you know, she's like, "I felt like this message, like this was my calling. I had to come help these people." And I thought, "Well, why didn't Burnham or her mother or anybody else have that calling?" Then I realized she explains that this one being on the ship that is now dead been killed from the grave robbers 
was the one that was telepathically reaching out, sending a distress signal, and she picked it up. And since he's dead, there's not that signal anymore. So I like the whole telepathy thing, that she connected with this alien, and then she had to take over the mission for him. It's like his cause is now her cause. And so she would do whatever she can to get the dilithium, but her intent isn't to kill unless you choose the wrong path, which we get into more mm-hmm. of those conversations later, which I really enjoy that too. That was interesting. Yeah. And, and the whole idea of the Kalankai taking on a lost cause, you know, I liked that coming back and, you know, yeah, this, this seems insurmount, insurmountable. It feels like a lost cause. That's the kind of thing that she would pledge her sword to. I, I like that. Well, it's almost like Tilly's become Saru's lost cause in this episode. You know, he's hmm. given her guidance, like helping her out. Because she's looking to find her path. And I really loved in this episode, which was established in the previous one, where Tilly's like, there's something weird going on with me. Something just doesn't feel right. I feel off balance. And she was given the advice to, you know, try different things, you know, change things up a little. And Saru encourages Burnham for her to go on this mission to do something different. Mm-hmm. And start to realize that the message of this episode is choosing your path, taking advantages of those times of, you know, once you get to an end of something, choose the path that you want to live, not just, you know, physically stay alive, but just live your life by choosing the wrong path. And if you go the wrong path, you could die from that path, but, you know, choose to take the path that will continue to make you live. And I feel like that's the message at the end towards Tilly is to choose the path where you can live, where you can find yourself to really live your life and maybe start things over again. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I I really hope Tilly's journey isn't a lost cause. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> Um, second of all, one part of this episode that just really spoke to me and I'm like, are the writers of this show speaking directly to me? Uh, because I'm not a fan of cheese. I don't really like cheese. And that makes me an oddity. Like so many people just love cheese. And I really connected with Tilly in this where, you know, Saru says, I I realized that, you know, a dislike of cheese is an oddity among humans, but I didn't think it was an actual disorder. (laughs) It was like, oh my God, me and Tilly. Ah, I connect with her even more now. (laughs) You don't like cheese, Dan? Not a big fan of cheese. I, I, mozzarella on stuff is fine like pizza and that kind of thing but yeah i'm not a fan of cheddar cheese or anything like that Mm, i love cheese yeah but i have a friend who does not like chocolate can cannot stand chocolate and i can't even understand that well that's that's just crazy (laughs) (laughs) that's what troy said exactly (laughs) but i like it then when we did see tilly on the ship and she has to get the ship up and working again and she finds the little tracker you know and uh then when giovanni shows up uh, when Javini shows up and says get my ship going again yeah, she's taking her time you know getting the ship going you know not really doing it. there was just a lot of little tilly moments mm-hmm. that i liked in this episode especially when they were on bookship earlier and they hand her the sword and she drops it (laughs) oh i just uh it's fine i moisturized my hands this morning (laughs) that was great uh yeah tilly is a treasure and this episode has so many great little tilly moments i love when you know she's being used as bait for javini and you know javini does finally show up 
And Tilly's like, I choose to live. I choose to live. I absolutely, totally, completely choose to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's great. And it's like, I was worried about her on this mission. It's like, I hope she doesn't get killed. And when they're on Bookship and the Kawat Malat shows up and starts fighting, they just kind of knock her down. And I was like, well, wait, they killed one of their own, but they just knock her down. I thought, well, because they don't really see her as a threat, right? They're not mm-hmm. there to kill anybody. That's not their intent. Just like we saw on the Starfleet ship. They didn't really want to kill anybody. But if you get in the way, if you get in their path, you know, of course, choose to live or die then they had to kill one of their own. And I even like when at the end of the episode, we later see uh, Javini and Gabrielle over the body of this lost Quat Malat member and do their whole ritual thing. I, I enjoyed that too. Yeah, for sure. So what, what about Stamets in this episode and book? Cause you know, here again, we, they got these two actors playing with each other again in this episode. So they're getting a lot of time together. I thought, uh, I like how book wants to accompany Stamets on this uh, mission to meet with these Vulcans or whatever, or Navarre to talk about his theory about the, about the tachyons and the whole, uh, this could be a wormhole, this anomaly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed this aspect of the story for sure. Uh, Stamets consulting with the the brain trust on on Navarre here, I guess, and their particular way of of doing calculations and figuring things out. Um, I love that. Like that harkened back to Spock for me, for example, where. Uh, one of my favorite little bits, it's in the original series episode, Tomorrow is Yesterday, where um, Spock is talking to McCoy and saying, the factors that, you know, we must find the captain, blah, blah, blah. And he's, McCoy's getting annoyed and McCoy says, Spock, shouldn't you be working on your calculations for the time warp or whatever? And he just looks at McCoy and raises a brow and says, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, these Vulcans, they just sit there and think things through and, and calculate it all out that way. I like that. So I li- Yeah, I like how Stamets is presenting. They just close their eyes and he's like, hello, like uh, maybe <laughs> maybe let's work now. Nap time later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what little kindergartners are like in Vulcan. Are they always taking naps and meditating and you can't tell the difference? <laughs> But yeah, I like how that happened. And I, you know, one of my favorite aspects of this episode was about Book mm-hmm. and how he's wanting to help resolve this, but he's going through all this pain. And that the scenes with uh, Tarina and, and, and her trying to help him and offering him some kind of tea or whatever to help soothe him. And, and he's just like, you know, she's telling him about the Vulcan ways of suppressing emotions. And he's like, Oh, can you teach me? And of course it's a lifetime of teaching. And he's just like, even one breath can save someone from drowning. Mm -hmm. I love that line. Yeah. There's some great moments for sure. Uh, And I loved even Tarina talking about how, you know, your, your equation and your emotions are so necessary to how you operate that, you know, our way wouldn't, wouldn't be good for you and and that sort of thing. And, you know, just learning a little bit more about book and stuff. And, but that line about, you know, one breath can save a drowning man. Oh man, that's deep. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah. And then the whole mind meld then afterwards, I love how the Vulcans and Romulans, whatever, they all leave to give them that moment. 
Because mm-hmm. when she says, oh, a mind mail is necessary, I'm like, oh, it's kind of a private moment. You got all these people here. And then they all transport it away. I'm like, ah, perfect. Yes, that's what we need. <laughs> she gets the information she needs that there are no, are no uh, tachyons. Uh, so there obviously must not be a wormhole in this. But then he's like, no, wait. And he dives deeper in his memory with Leto, that child on the planet. And mm-hmm. ugh, that whole thing about... Lito realized that, you know, I loved him, you know? Oh, that was just, uh, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, and right there is, that's the breath given to the drowning man right in that moment. And and that was so beautiful. Yeah, and you get the feeling that Book, you know, it's it's not a magic wand. He's not cured now, but he feels like he's taken a big step on his way to recovery from this and... You know, it, it it's something that will sit with him, of course, for the rest of his life and, you know, it'll affect him forever, but he's not drowning anymore, maybe, you know, so that felt that was a great moment for sure. Yeah, which led up to that last scene in the episode where Book is, you know, laying on his bed and looking up at uh, Hollow of Quajon and Burnham comes in and is like, surprised that you know he's doing that and he he says he realizes that you know he's going to have to deal with this pain you know the grief will hopefully eventually fade but if he doesn't want his memories to fade he has to open himself back up to them good or bad and i thought that was Mm -hmm. a good message too i mean it's i mean it's it's hard to have that grief and that pain in your life but if you suppress it all those memories could go away and it would be hard to get them back. You just have to get through the pain, good or bad. Yeah. I mean, that was great. Absolutely. Yeah. Very moving, very touching. And and I loved how, uh, you know, Burnham said, you know, oh, a couple of days ago you weren't weren't willing to do this. And Book says, I wasn't willing to do this this morning. Like, you know, this, this has been a huge day for him on that step to, you know, being able to get through it. He chose to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, this whole episode is about choosing those paths. And, and then you have Gray who has to choose his path. And that is to go into this body. And the guard and Guardian Z says, you know, there's a chance this may not work. And so now Gray has to choose whether he lives or dies in a sense, but not really knowing how the path is going to end up. You can go the path and not know if he's going to continue to live on or not. And then Adira is having to deal with that too. They're in that situation of, I may lose him. And as Kober points out, it's not your choice. It's Gray's choice. Gray made the choice, not you, Adira. It's not up to you, but, mm-hmm. but they're still struggling. They have that guilt that, and, and that worry that they could be using Gray forever. Yeah. Yeah, this whole story was was really touching as well. And again, yeah, choose to live. It's it's that same theme coming through. And you know, first of all, we have this this synth body that that Gray is going to go into and I loved the callbacks to Deep Space 9 and and we see that same ritual that we saw in DS9, the Jantara, where they call forth, you know, the the various hosts. But in this case, you know, they, they in that episode, they take over the bodies of, of Jedzia's friends so that she can talk with them. And I guess in this case, 
gray just doesn't leave this body that's been created for him so that's pretty cool i like that tie back to continuity there and and the you know we knew it would work we knew it would eventually work but there was still that that fear that it might not and that that period of time where it seemed like it might not um i i i enjoyed that and seeing the the choices made both by adira and gray here to do this and gray overcoming that fear and eventually being able to live in this body and become tangible again that was a really special moment for sure i like how you said we knew that he's going to get into the body we've heard that this is more likely going to work out. i wasn't concerned that it wasn't Mm -hmm. but even when you know where things are going to end the journey is still interesting absolutely yeah me him having to make the decision taking the risk feeling already alone and and it's like you know he doesn't want to stay where he is he's got to move on he'll take the risk and indira is at that point too of you know I want Gray to have what he wants. It's not always about me, but then they're feeling this sense of dread that what if something bad goes on and maybe I should have taken more of a role to tell Gray not to do it. And it's, and you know, if this had gone bad, then who knows how Adira would have handled it. Adira would have to deal with the grief and everything like books going through right now. What I'm more interested now is to see now that Gray's in, the body what happens now like Mm -hmm. how does this play out what does he is it just like oh he's just back to normal and it's like it never happened how's this going to reflect the relationship i'm just curious to see how this plays out yeah for sure and you know what gray's role will be in the rest of the season like is he going to go back to trill to train to be a guardian as he said, or or is he going to be on discovery in some role for a while? You know, I'm I'm curious to see how he fits in with this crew as well. You know, it just dawned on me. I I don't think you know in the synth body he has the strength of data, but that would be an interesting take if he did. Hmm. <laughs> that would be interesting. Would that mean Picard does too? <laughs> I that's what I was thinking too. I don't think so, but yeah, maybe there's a switch. <laughs> It gives him super strength. I don't know. But then later in the episode, too, I like when the whole mission ends with Burnham and the Quatmalot and all that, and that Navarre is going to take Javini back. And the Federation isn't the one going to deal with, you know, what are the ramifications of what happened. And because the President of Federation is the one who makes this decision to give javini to the quat malat and to navarre well i to navarre not quat malat but anyway i like that whole conversation of vance with burnham about the orchestra that was one of my favorite bits as well for sure so yeah it's interesting that the federation is going to turn over javini to navarre and of course it's interesting that burnham is arguing against this or maybe not arguing against it, but has reservations about it, especially given that technically Burnham is a citizen of Navarre as well. So, you know, it is technically her government that's taking control of the prisoner, but yeah, 
to to jump ahead to what you were saying about Vance's um, conversation about the orchestra, I loved that metaphor and his, you know, spelling it out like, you know, we're I'm the percussion section. I'm, you know, doing this. I'm providing a backbone and she's the conductor. You know, she knows all the different pieces and how it all comes together. We just have to play our part. And that's good advice, you know. Maybe you won't always agree with what the president in this case has to do or, or how she feels she has to do it. But, you know, that's that's her role for good or for ill. Right. So that that was interesting. I really like that. Yeah, me too. Is there anything else in this episode we didn't cover that you, you wanted to bring up? Maybe some swamp kelp, you know, or <laughs> anything like that? I guess I am curious what the heck happens if you touch that bloom. <laughs> I did love that moment, though. What happens if you touch it? And so, I'm, I'm on you. <laughs> She's like, just kidding. <laughs> she came just really close, it. though. Like, geez, what, what are you doing? Uh, but yeah, I am curious what exactly would happen. <laughs> so final thoughts on this episode. Excellent episode. I really enjoyed this one. I think... Uh, it felt like you said a little bit more self-contained, which was interesting. Uh, we've still got the the threat of the anomaly, but it, it kind of takes a bit of a backseat this week, even though we have Stamets ex- examining it. And it does play into the, the kind of main plot a little bit. But, you know, they're they're doing a slow build on that threat. So I think by the end of the season, it's going to be very, very threatening. But right now it's just we're trying to figure this out. Uh, the very personal story between Burnham and her mother and Javini, I really enjoyed that. And then, of course, Book and Stamets, just really, really the the strong emotional parts of this episode. And, of course, Adira and Gray as well. Very strong, relevant emotional parts to what we're going through with the world today and all that kind of stuff. So all the best Star Trek, I think does that very well. And this episode can be counted among those, uh, those great episodes. So yeah, huge props to this episode. I'm going to give it one really amazing mind meld that helps you to find some peace. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I would say this is my favorite episode of the season. I hadn't thought about it much, but I don't know if it would be in my top five of all of Discovery, but it, I might say it would fall in the top ten, at least. So mm. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I really like this episode. I like that we don't have to always go big, you know? I mean, I enjoy episodes where there's a lot of action and a lot of things going on, and it's just epic and something big, but I like the more quiet moments, too. I mean, yes, there's some action in this, but... You know, there's a lot of time where people are just talking, you know, we're getting a lot of those moments of just characters being in the moment, being themselves and having the conversations. And that's so much of Star Trek. I mean, it it makes me think back to when I was a kid and seeing my dad watching Star Trek and I really had no interest in it because it's like all they're doing is stand around talking (laughs) like that. That just seems so boring to me. And but that's one of the things now I like probably the most. and. I felt like the, you know, I'm glad that Divini wasn't just the the bad quat malat that just went rogue, you know? It's like there was a purpose to this, a good purpose. Maybe not gone the way we would prefer it to be handled, but 
you know, I had sympathy for her and I, I, I liked her character. I liked all the characters in here. So yeah, I give this one five out of five pods and a crypt that I really enjoyed this episode. Very nice. Excellent. So then we got the episode next week. So I'm looking forward to that too. So. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and then one other thing I wanted to mention, Stamets calling the dark matter anomaly DMA is just so funny for me because DMA is a term I use in my job almost on a daily basis in my industry in television uh, markets, local TV markets are called DMAs, dominant market area. So we're always saying like, you know, oh, well, you know, how's this show performing in the New York DMA compared to the Chicago DMA? So now here Stamets say DMA is going to really throw me off. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dan, when people want to talk about DMAs with you or anything else, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter at Kurtrats and YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. And of course, the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. And you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. And I have been on a recent episode of Star Wars Report. It's taken a while. And I think I might be on the next one, too. We're, we're working that out. And awesome. I was also on a recent episode of Literary Trek. So, yeah, I'm, I'm getting around again. And uh, that's, yeah, where you can find me. And, of course, you can always find us on Twitter at Positively Trek. You can also email us, PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. Also, look for our Goodreads group, Positively Trek on Goodreads, where we list the books that we're reading for our book club. And then we're also on Instagram, Positively Trek, whatever. I mean, just go out there. You'll find us somewhere. So we thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, stay positive. Awesome. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.